Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to She and Her. You are listening to Sandra Davidson, myself, and Anita Rao, bringing <laughs> stories of millennial women to the people of Hillsboro and hopefully beyond. Oh, and definitely beyond. <laughs> well, we have a very special guest in the studio tonight with us, our, our intern Monique. Our first ever yes. She and Her intern making an appearance in the studio. She's going to be with us all summer. We're really pumped to have her. Um, she does amazing work, is very interested in audio documentary and women's stories. Um, and we think she'll just help bring us great content on the airwaves. So, Monique, welcome to She and Her. Thank you. Officially on the air. Um, why don't you introduce yourself a bit to our listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. My name's Monique, and I'm a senior at UNC Chapel Hill. But I'm also in a dual degree program where I'm a dual student at UNC and Duke, um, which is really fun. Everybody's always like, they're rivals, but actually they collaborate on a ton of projects. And so at Duke, I study at the Center for Documentary Studies. And at UNC, I study women's and gender studies. And I found she and her from a UNC women's studies professor. Who? Anita. Yeah, one of my all-time men, best mentors, Michelle Berger, who's an amazing writer and scholar, activist, human, yoga teacher, just all around excellent human being. Um, and she told Monique about me because I had many conversations in her office when I was an undergrad that were like, I love like women's studies, but I also like journalism. I think I like radio, but there's nothing out there. And apparently Monique went into her office and said the same thing. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly how it happened. Yeah. So Monique does a lot of listening to podcasts, and she has listened to every one of our shows, which I don't think many people can say <laughs> other than our moms. Our, our most eminently special guests every time. But Monique, I would love to hear what some of your favorite she and her shows and moments have been oh my favorite she and her episodes you know I thought I would like the ones that were had the really academic titles you know (laughs) like the ones um 
But I really love the ones where y'all talk to each other about the experiences you've had, like the ones where you shared your childhood experiences. Uh Um, And then the first one, the Wear the Damn Bikini one. (laughs) Um, I think the one about the case of the giggles where y'all talk with each other and laugh (laughs) because, you know, even though your experiences are specific to you, they still resonate with me. I mean, there's a little age difference between us, but like getting your first piercing, doing your chores, and then like getting in trouble with your parents and looking back on it, not with that much distance, but yeah. with a little to where it's funny. I love that one. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you saying that, Monique, but I'm also very concerned because that is an episode <laughs> that we did the least planning for. <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing to know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a good thing to know. Well, I know that you're going to be producing and helping us produce several shows, but you'll be doing your own with us this summer. So tell us a little bit about... Um, what interests you about our, our show subject matter? What topics would you like to see us discuss in the coming weeks? Mm-hmm. It's difficult to find feminist media that is intellectually engaging, but not academic. Uh, so it's funny, but you really feel like you came away with a new idea. And then also, I think a thing about she and her that's really valuable for me is that it's located in, the, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. that it you know has this regional identity and almost all of its guests are North Carolinians or lived here at one point. That's important to me. And so covering issues about about women in the South would be interesting to me. And I'm also really involved in the LGBT community in Chapel Hill. And so um, trying to get those voices and stories as much as possible because the more involved I get in the LGBTQ female community, the more I realize that it's like very, it's varied. So um, there's people think like if you have one LGBTQ voice, that's what you got, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, and I'm I'm learning that more and more. So bringing that to the show would be a personal project for me. I like it. So one of our other roles on WHUP, in addition to co-hosting the show, is we are millennial correspondents, which means we <laughs> occasionally get called on um, by the Daily Morning News show to talk about all things millennial and I'm wondering so you are we're both 27 you're 21 you're just 20 20. you're 20 just 20 okay Okay, so you are are you a millennial then what year were you born then 95 Ooh. so I think the question is are y'all millennials we are millennials definitely (laughs) 19 (laughs) (laughs) people that are I would say 30 and under right now I consider millennials um not 30 and under 20 to 30. Well, I guess this is a great place to start. Do you identify, do you as, identify a as a millennial? I do. I almost think you're the gen, because you're, so you're at the same age as my, no, you're no, younger no. than my brother. Okay. 80s to around 2000. Okay. It's a big range. That though. is a big range. Because like mm-hmm. I grew up with a cell phone the whole way through. Uh, and I did not. Right. Yeah, so that's a big difference. And like Facebook at age 13, mm-hmm. you know? No, I can't relate. I can't either. <laughs> okay. So... I guess how would you describe your your generations? <laughs> oh my gosh, um, we cannot ask that question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious about your perception of feminism. Was that something that came became a part of your identity through college and through a scholarly and academic experience, or was it something that was sort of awakened in you beforehand? It was probably through social media before I got to college through Facebook and the internet, article sharing. 
and videos on YouTube, vlogs and blogs. Before I got to college, that's how I was first introduced to it. Um, but for other college students my age, I think the reaction against feminism is is maybe where seems pretty strong uh, hmm. in not against the goals of feminism, but against the word feminist. Um, I didn't realize at first when I learned about it, maybe at 16 when I was in high school from the internet, I was like, this is perfect. Of course, everybody should love this. And then I got to college and maybe it's also studying women's and gender studies, but I started to realize it's much more complicated. There are a lot of people who don't identify as a feminist for a number of reasons. Um, and so my my relationship with it has gotten more complicated as I've grown up in, in college and mm. met people who don't identify that way because they don't feel like it represents them or for all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think we've, I guess we both reclaim millennial. I was talking a lot at this conference I went to about reclaiming the term millennial because there's this woman there who hosts a podcast called Millennial. She's 25. And she's 25. She's 25, yeah. Lord have or mercy. Tw- yeah, she's 25. And Jessica Williams is 26. (gasps) No. Yes. So I suddenly felt old, like, because I feel like that feeling when you're young and you hear how old people are and you're like, great, cool. When I'm that age, like, I'm going to have accomplished (laughs) all these. We've accomplished a lot, but I mean, dang. So anyways, we reclaim. Dang. Or we do claim millennial and feminist as both important parts of our show's identity, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Although I, I definitely was not introduced to the ideas of feminism through social media or anything like that before Mm-mm. I came to college because that wasn't a part of my daily life then, which is so it's really interesting to hear you talk about that because I bet that's the case for a lot of people these days, like a lot of people in high school, the access to those kind of yeah. ideas are, are and especially for me, somebody who grew up in a rural place wasn't easy to <laughs> to come across yeah. a, a salon of people discussing feminism. But also, you mean a literal hair salon of people? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they wouldn't be talking about that in the salons <laughs> in Harney County. <laughs> Vlogs. A French salon. A Vlogs. French salon. I know what they are, but I just can't say that I follow any. A blog? No, a vlogs. Blog. What's a Video blog? blogs. Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, no, we're old. What's, a, what's a vlog? What's, who do you follow? What's the deal with them? Oh, wow. You know, you're like our youth correspondent. This doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't watch vlogs now like I used to. Um, I think that I'm really into podcasts now, and I think podcasts have sort of taken over when I first started listening to or watching vlogs. And But a lot of feminist vloggers talk about feminism as a side category of mm. their main. Their, their actual story or their actual vlog might be a comedy vlog or a song remix or a makeup tutorial interesting and they talk about feminism in the in this while they talk to the audience mm. very mm. interesting it's probably a, a a useful strategy mm-hmm gets more people yeah who watch might someone not, put on makeup yeah. and because i have i have watched feminism. those videos <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Monique. We'll be hearing more from our youth correspondent in the future. Yep. Thanks, y'all. We will see y'all back here next week at 6, 104.7 WHUP. You can stream us online, whupfm.org. You can find a clearinghouse of all She and Her content at sheandherradio.com. Dot dot com. Com. <laughs> we really harmonized. <laughs> yeah, we, that was... That was good. That was good. I should bring back Southern Shrummer. <laughs> <laughs>
that's it yeah and we love you for listening thank you thanks so much y'all The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.